Hey everybody, welcome to episode 57 of the Horror Dads podcast. I am Jamie, joined by John. Today we are going to have an interview with Emily Bennett and Justin Brooks, the filmmaking duo, and we're going to discuss their new movie, Alone With You. But first we're going to touch on the normal stuff. What's up, John? What's going on, man? Oh, just prepping for this winter storm. Yeah, we've been getting hit back to back to back. There's like no snow prior to uh, January and then... January hit, and yeah. we're in our third uh, third nor'easter. Yeah, uh, no, it's good. It's fun. This is a great episode. We have Emily back. She was on early, I think episode four or five we yeah. identified, uh, and her fiancé and filmmaking partner, Justin Brooks, uh, joins her this time, her partner in crime, um, to talk about their new movie. So this is a little bit of like a breakout episode for us. This, this breaks the mold of what's kind of typical for us. Yeah, and Justin wasn't on the the first time with Emily, uh, but I'm so glad he was on this time. He's just like, he's a horror dad. He doesn't have a kid yet, but yeah, no, one I mean, day he will, and he's he's right there with us. Uh, just everything he loves, and I think he was wearing a Hellraiser t-shirt, yeah, your he favorite. Was. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, but it was great, great talking to them, great catching up with Emily, and this new movie um, that's coming out. We we wanted to time Ooh. it time it appropriately. We we were fortunate enough to to see an advanced copy of it but you guys are going to love this film it is uh, it's intense it's emotionally intense barbara crampton is in it you heard us right barbara crampton Uh, emily stars in it as as the lead and it's great uh so we'll we'll give you a quick synopsis of the film after we do our introductory stuff and then we'll get to our interview with justin and emily can't wait before we do that though jamie do you want to catch up Talk about what we've been buying, what we've been watching. Yeah, what we're wearing. Yeah. Do you want me to start this time? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So stuff I've been buying, I've I kind of, you know, now that it's officially February, got myself some Valentine's Day treats. Our buddy QFS Chris, Chris Garofalo, is a really talented designer. He has a web store, QFS Chris. It's on Store Envy. And today he dropped a pre, uh, pre-sale for a new screen print. Not screen, scream, print. Mm-hmm. And um, that was such a stupid joke. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I had to do the pity laugh over here. <laughs> it was more of like a, I'm disappointed in you. But it's all right. The print is is super rad. It, oh, dude, it's amazing. Yeah. Each, the, the ghost face is basically comprised of message bubbles that you would see on a text message. And there's a text, you know, a keyboard almost on the bottom of it so it's it's incredible looking so if you don't follow qfs chris on instagram please do so your eyes will thank you and uh I, you can find his website it's quilt face studios yes uh and i also picked up i talked about this on the last episode uh it was going to be released for pre-lease but loudmouth threads that dude just released a x-files line last week so i did order a hoodie from there and I got the Fluke Monster hoodie. Nice. X-Files themed, and I am so excited to get it. Is it glow-in-the-dark on the hoodie as well? It is. Cool. Yeah, I know you're excited about that, and for reasons you're probably going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But uh, those are the things I've been buying. What about cool. you, man? You pick anything up? Uh, so, yeah, so we have an uh, episode coming up in a few weeks. We're going to focus on the Universal Monsters, which is something we haven't really delved into. No. 
Um, so I picked up, you actually, you didn't mention this, maybe you did on the uh, Patreon, but you just picked up a couple Blu-rays. I did, yeah. I didn't want to say what movies they were because... Good point. Yeah. All right, so I bought a pack of films that I won't, <laughs> I won't disclose <laughs> the name. Uh, it's one of the Universal Monster movies that are not on Blu-ray. Yeah. So I had to dig and find like a normal pleb DVD version. <laughs> pleb. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I got that. And then uh, I'm going to get actually the Quote Face Studios uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe poster. Yeah. Uh, because it is for black lights and it's glow in the dark. And I just got uh, some LED black lights that I put in my office. Yeah. And it looks, they look amazing in there. Yeah, and I they can't, do. I've been needing to, I've been like looking up uh, blacklight posters. I told you this earlier. How's the search and, uh, result on that? It's like Spencer's Gifts, like <laughs> online blacklight poster sale. It's just like a bunch of fairies standing on mushrooms. It's and, like you can buy this quilt and hang it on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tapestry. It's fucking really weird. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pick that up for sure. Awesome. Yeah, and that that kind of hits on what I've been watching because we are going to have a very special guest on. We are going to talk about the Universal Monster Universe. So I've been doing my homework on that front. Nice. I don't want to mention the specific films, but uh, just kind of rallying through all those those really traditional ones. This is unexplored territory for us on the podcast. Uh, I think Jamie and I both grew up watching a lot of these films. So it's going to be exciting to talk about them. And we do have a very, very special and exciting guest to talk about them with. So. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And to be honest, I really did not grow up with these. Um, oh, nice. The Universal Monsters or something I've really yet to, you know, like I grew up with the Abbott and Costello and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my introduction to Universal Monsters was like Monster Squad. And, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I'm excited to go back. What have you been watching? Uh, so I just finished uh, Archive 81, which we briefly discussed mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the last one. I had started, I finished it. Um, I had heard, I don't know where I heard that the ending was kind of a letdown. Um, I was fine with it as a package, but like, as I've thought about it, the, uh, it kind of goes to a place where you're like, okay, all right, all right it's fine. <laughs> oh, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's nothing, but what ends perfect? Nothing. So nothing. No. Uh, I would recommend archive 81. Everybody takes place like in 94. Cool. Early nineties. And, uh, but I just started fucking, uh, brand new cherry flavor on Netflix. And uh, I think we had uh, the dudes from Toxic Coffin on. I think it was them. And they were like, you guys have to watch this. It's mind-blowing, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, It's one of those shows where, like, when you read the description, you're like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You know, psychedelic (laughs) trip and an underground world. And you're like, eh, I do want this, but not yet. Uh, So I dove in. Super fun. Uh, By, like, episode three, I was like, where do I get a (laughs) t-shirt? I'm all in. How many Um, episodes is it? I, I think it's, like, one of those seven or eight run uh, seasons and I'm probably maybe four episodes in. Oh, but I highly recommend super fun. Cool. Way cool. It's got the mom from uh get out. Oh, she's great. Oh, she's a great wo- actor. Yeah. The woman who takes uh Steve Carell's virginity and 40 year old. Virgin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Way cool. D-, D flowers, old Steve. So we've covered what we've been buying, what we've been watching. What are you wearing right now over there, man? Oh dude, I'm rocking my terror threads. Halloween. Uh, Michael Myers. That is a great tea. Oh, it's one of the best, honestly. It is half of Michael Myers' face, the other half a pumpkin. There's these leaves that are scattered amongst, and it it's on top of the, the Myers, Myers house. house. Yeah. And Ghost Bob is in the doorway. 
And the orange and the white really pop on there. Yeah, it's a Honestly, two-color shirt. I, I wear it. This is probably the shirt I wear, like, the least. Because the colors, I don't want to fade. It's like that good suit. They're yeah, like, yeah. saving this one for uh, Thursday. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. For sure. What do you have on? I have on, speaking of Toxic Coffin, we were just talking about them. I mentioned buying this shirt a couple episodes ago, but I picked up this uh, Stranger Things shirt from them, from their Stranger Things line, and it, uh, it it's a front and back design. There's the L hand on the front, and on the back there's the upended ambulance, and there's a saying in the smoke above it about, uh, about L being the friend and being the weirdo, so it's it's a great shirt. Love those dudes from Toxic Coffin. They make amazing stuff. The best. Lance, Steven, you guys are great. Love you guys. So um, I definitely would check out all of their stuff, particularly their Stranger Things line is super great. Family stuff? What's going on there? So I took the kids to see Sing 2 the other day. Oh, isn't it good? Yeah. So the kids had, <laughs> between the two boys, I like I got them Sprite and stuff, you know? Yeah. The amount of P-trips I had to take... Oh, dude. And we were, so we were theater two. Theater one was Scream. So every time I had to go, I was walking past and I could hear clips and like, I was like side-eyeing it the whole time. Like, how do I dip in here? Was it just you and the boys? No, the wife came as well. So I was like, if I run in there, like they can still find my wife. Yeah. You know? Remember, it's aisle three. Go Uh, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Get back. Uh, But also I did. I just, Sing 2 is great. It is. (laughs) By the end, I was like, okay. I, I would go to that show. I think I was talking about how when we went, I was not feeling it. I just didn't want to. Yeah, honestly, what grown adult man is excited about that? But much like the show you were just talking about, by the end, I when Johnny's doing the dance-off thing, dude, I, I, was, I think I was cheering out loud. So that was, my wife said that was the best part. I was on a bathroom trip for that part. Oh, are you kidding me? My, so Riker kept saying I was watching Scream 5 yeah. at that point. Well, Riker kept going like, oh, when's the show going to start? Like, I'm excited, you know, because the ending is that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, um, dude, seriously, it was like, all right. And he was like, I got to go pee. And I was like, what? <laughs> Kids. Yeah. Kids. So I know we've been talking a lot about Universal Monsters on this intro, so I'm just going to keep with that theme here. Uh, but my oldest daughter... I got two Blu-rays delivered, and she looked at the cover of both of them, and she said, these look kind of scary, but not that scary. And I yeah. said, yeah, uh, you know, th- this is what I started with when I started to get into scary movies. And she was looking at the front, and she looked at the back, and she said, hey, can I open this one? And she opened it, and she was looking at the little pamphlet on the inside, beautiful cover art. And she said, with you just standing there staring and smiling. I, I like honestly, a like I had my arms on my, <laughs> my hips, just staring down, smiling. It's one of those moments where you're like, if somebody took a snapshot of me right now, I would, that it, would everybody the, would be embarrassed. It would be the one that they would hang above my coffin. Cause it's the <laughs> moment you're happiest in life. Yeah. Yep. Then she looked at me real serious in the face and said, I think, I think I want to watch this one. And I said, okay, you know, nice. I, I figured I would start you with universal monsters I did show her a couple scenes from Halloween, just the friendly stuff last yeah. year. So we really haven't immersed yet. But, you know, she's seven, going to be eight this fall. So I, I think probably I'll wait till the fall time. But we'll probably dip into some Universal Monster stuff. Nice, man. Yeah. So did she watch one or no? No, 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 no. No, we just kind of had the uh, discussion and agreement that she was she was getting ready to be prepared to watch one. Gotcha. So. Nice. Very exciting. Green or... Uh... Yes. The other. Yeah. Green. Yep. Yeah. Green. Gotcha. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Mm. 
All right. Well, that covers our our traditional intro stuff. A couple plugs before we jump into the interview, and I do want to give a quick synopsis of Alone with You. But before we do this, have you watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre preview? Oh, the trailer. The trailer. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I feel the same as I did before seeing it. You know. All right. So I was in, and then like halfway through, I was like, I'm still in, and then by the end, I was like, Oh my god, that little bus thing at the end with the phones. Yeah. Yeah, I was off. I, like I still, I'm still excited about it. It's, it's going to be fun nonetheless. I was talking um, to I think the tone's going to be weird. Tony Cadwell today that we had on the show yeah. a few episodes back, and he was asking me, "Hey, are you excited about it?" Uh, so I, you know, I, I, I'm staying the course on this. I'm excited to watch it, but yeah. I don't have super high expectations. It's the way I feel about most of these uh, reboots and remakes yeah, and it's sequels. Like, I'd rather yeah. have it than not. You know. I'm with you. So we'll see. So we have a Patreon. We have a website with horror merch on it that is uh, sold and packaged and high quality sent out directly by us. So please consider joining our Patreon. We have a $5 tier and a $10 tier. Uh, Casey Victoria, by the way, happy birthday to you. Belated birthday. Happy birthday. Your uh, birthday was the same day as the day Scream came out. Oh, my God. So we... Uh, I tried to have a baby on that day. It just didn't work out. It didn't work out? Yeah. So happy birthday, Casey. And we hope you enjoyed Scream. It seemed like you you dug it based off our conversation today. So thank you for being a patron. Thank you. But uh, we do have a $5 tier and a $10 tier. So please consider subscribing. We do watch along episodes. We do... Uh, specific themed topics we do companion pieces to episodes that we release to the public so for example this past uh, week we published an episode about 2022 horror films we're most excited about that have most uh, anticipation as a companion for the 2021 films we like the most horrordads.com is the website that you can join to take a look at any merch that we have going on we've got a couple t-shirt options on there like i said we print and package and ship those all all from Youngstown, Ohio here, so we appreciate any support on that front. And all of our social channels, Horror Dads slash Horror Dads, basically on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can find us on any of those outlets. Hit us up. Hit us up, and uh, please consider giving us a review. It helps the algorithm. It helps other people find us. So before we jump into the interview, I would like to roll the trailer and give a quick synopsis of Alone With You. But Alone With You is as such as a young woman painstakingly prepares a romantic homecoming for her girlfriend their apartment begins to feel more like a tomb when voices shadows and hallucinations reveal a truth she has been unwilling to face so this film as i mentioned stars emily bennett barbara crampton megan lane dora madison directed by emily and justin brooks and this is a really intense film a lot of emotional uh, demonstration occurs in this movie. Emily kills it with her acting in this, and it's it's legitimately scary. It has great moments. We talk in the interview about how I was watching this down in the basement eating a bowl of popcorn and legitimately looking over my shoulder at certain parts. So it's got the fear factor. It's well acted. It's well directed. This photography is beautiful, and we can't wait to for you guys to 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 watch it and to see it. So this film is going to be released in a limited theatrical run this Friday, the 4th, 
Um, we don't have the full list of the theaters that you can find the the film in this weekend, but as soon as we have it, we will publish it on our social media. But for our friends that live in or near Brooklyn, uh, we have a ton of New York and New Jersey listeners. For our friends in or near Brooklyn on Saturday, the 5th of February at Film Noir, Justin and Emily will actually be there for that showing and they'll be around for a Q&A afterwards. Amazing. Yeah, so please consider that if you want to check it out in person and meet Emily and uh, Justin. They are great human beings. And we, like I mentioned, will publish a full list uh, to follow on all the other theaters that will be releasing this this Friday. And it will then be available for video on demand, effective February 8th. Great. So without Can't further ado. Can't wait to see it on the ado, big screen. I, I watched it on my phone, and it was incredible, um, emotional. I had to take a walk afterwards. It was just like, yeah, whew. It's good writing. It's good storytelling. It's, it's great acting. Yeah, it's it is just, fucking great. Justin uh, killed it. It was, you know, it was just those two. Yeah. Quarantine film. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to roll the trailer here now and get and jump into the interview. So let's get at it. I never thought of myself as a wild anything. Wallflower, maybe. I wish I could be more like you. Charlie girl, that shoe is insane, but I'm finally on a flight. I love you. See you tonight. Hey, it's me. Happy anniversary, babe. Sorry, I just uh, want to make sure you're on your way. Hello? Uh, hello? Love right now. Simone? Babe? What is the problem? Mom, what time is it there? The same time as you. Where's the time? People are fascinating. I love figuring out what makes each one tick. Are you scared? What's up, everybody? We are joined by Emily Bennett and Justin Brooks, our good friends, and we are here to talk about their new movie, Alone With You. What's up, John? Hey, man. Uh, Emily, Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you, uh, Emily, for returning. And Justin, this is your first time, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, this is, we're excited. Super awesome. Um, and we were just talking before we rolled. Emily was kind enough to kind of do the thing where it was like, oh, cool, you're starting a podcast and you want me to be... She was our first guest. Yeah. She was. Because she was think, episode well, I think three. Jay, right? I think she was episode three. Or, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think Jay, Bonansinga, and then Emily. And then right Emily. After, yeah. Okay, so four. So you, you were <laughs> right there in the beginning with us, though. Um, and I, I, we were laughing. I listened back, and 
it sounded like uh like shit like it, the production was not good so i'm sorry for <laughs> that hey man i mean i'm i'm you know curious how i sound on podcasts and i hadn't done very many myself so i i listened back and it nothing stood out to me i had a blast and you guys are friends with gary mills who is a producer of mine on a short film that we made also during the pandemic called bed so gary yeah. i mean we're family man of yeah, course it's good to be back yeah and and this is great and justin i know it's been a long time coming uh after we had our discussion with emily we were talking about having you on and then um this thing yeah, this thing called COVID happened. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, uh, but it sort of ruined a few things. So the focus of our episode today, we really want to dive into your your new film that both of you directed, uh, co-directed, and Emily, you starred in, called Alone With You, also starring Barbara Crampton, who's someone you, you, you guys may have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about that. But before we get into that, we're just going to, you know, get to know Justin a little bit since you guys haven't met him yet. Um, and catch up with Emily since it's been two years since we've talked to her. So yeah. we'll just dive right into it. So Justin, we'll kind of kick to you first. Um, since Emily, we've had had you on, heard the great stories about uh, you growing up, and I think you said it was your grandma that introduced you to horror. Uh, yeah. And you had the gas station video store, or was it like the appliance uh, appliance yeah. store video store? Good memory, yes. Yeah. In the back of the appliance store, all the VHS. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so Justin from your end is is horror your genre like is this your thing you're wearing a hellraiser shirt i love it yeah no that's it's it is it's what i i grew up in i mean i both my father and i were were huge are huge horror fans so i grew up with a dad you know sneaking me uh horror vhs and and um let me see movies i'm not supposed to see angering my mother the entire way Uh, i I definitely grew up in it it is in my blood through and through for sure do you have siblings i have one sister yeah is she in horror as well she loves it yeah Yeah, i don't think she wears it on her sleeve as much as i do but she's a huge fan yeah yeah that's awesome by the way congratulations so when we first spoke with emily uh, she referenced her uh, filmmaking partner and uh, <laughs> a soon-to-be roommate at that time, Justin. But you guys are now engaged, right? Yeah. We are. Yeah. He put yeah. a ring on it. Yeah. <laughs> and that a ring is it's a very spooky yeah. ring. It's a spider. <laughs> oh, my God. We gotta, so cool. Yeah, we got to share a picture of that. Yeah. How did you guys get started? Like, when did you guys meet? Um, we, how many years ago was it now? Like three, uh, three years ago in October. Yeah. Um, we had, we actually had our first date in, um, a, a bar adjacent to an Alamo draft house. It's a, a bar in Brooklyn, um, called the house of wax. It's actually, oh my God. it's, oh it's my appropriate God. for us because it's actually a <clears throat> collection of anatomical waxes from the early 1800s medical uh, oddities and, medical oddities uh, death and masks and oh my god that was our first date yeah so so there's a lot of like you know there's a lot of wax moulage of syphilis and like <laughs> very very romantic on our first date <laughs> so like like oh look at know. that syphilis yeah oh, so, yeah. Uh, you so know, what do you do it, you know it's it's I, <laughs> You know, you if we're going to go on a date, I want people to know what I'm all about. And it's, and, and it's always the creepy stuff. But it was great. Honestly, 
the first time we sat down together, movies were what we talked about, like nonstop. I think it was mm. like three hours. Yeah. And neither of us are big drinkers. We're sitting in a bar. I am like nursing the warmest beer. <laughs> you know, and I have like, like a diet coke because I was like, I don't know. And we just, honestly, uh, we just couldn't, we couldn't stop talking. Yeah, just talking about horror movies, like yeah. through That's and incredible. through and through. And I mean, as long as our relationship is, it's been. I mean, film is just such an enormous part of both our lives separately, and it just made sense um, that it's it's even more so together. It's it's been, yeah, it's awesome. It's just very, very cool. So, so now that you guys are life partners and filmmaking partners and best friends, um, I guess, is it, is it ever, uh, a kind of like a challenge to balance it, uh, with like, okay, let's, let's talk about something that's not a horror movie for a minute, you know, like, or, or is it not, is it not a challenge or is it just like, Hey, look, it's all in stride. It's all like one thing. And it's all this amalgamation of our great life. I mean, honestly, we, it's funny, like a couple hours ago when we were having dinner, um, we, we were coming up with, uh, we're talking about a new concept, which we do all the time. And he was kind of spitballing a few things and I was like, yeah, and we could do. And then I, I just hit a wall and I was just like, you know what? I gotta go watch I gotta go watch reality TV. I gotta go like, (laughs) I gotta go stop. I gotta, let's go eat dinner. Let's just watch some nonsense. And we did. And then uh, like an hour later, I was like, okay, so I have this idea. And literally right before you guys, before this tonight, um, we were just like, yes. And he was like, oh, and if we do that, we could do this. So we, I think we may have the seeds of our next thing. It's just how, it's how we communicate. But we Um, do, we do, there are actually moments in time where we actually like have to verbally like tell one another like tonight let's talk about something that has nothing to do with movies and like, then we just sit in silence but... <laughs> and we just stare at a wall anything good lately it's like well yeah i've been watching what you've been watching, <laughs> you've yeah. been watching. <laughs> i mean but the the fun thing is honestly as filmmakers and as film fans uh, we're both really different. Like, like the things that so Emily's different. drawn to and the things she was, she grew up with are exceptionally different from what I, I grew up with. I think I probably have a little more of your traditional horror hound kind of fan upbringing, you know, like I, I'm a child of the eighties. I I grew up loving slashers and all, you know, all the the kind of big earmarks of, of horror. Um, and I'm, I'm a fan of, of kind of, you know, the popcorn horror for sure. And, and Emily, I mean, I, yeah, well, I, I come from a theater background, so I, you know, went to boarding school for acting. Then I went to school in London for acting. I became a super snob. I, you know, (laughs) I forsook all of my horror roots for Shakespeare. And I was just like only classical theater until I had to make a living. And I was just like, oh, I can't do that. And then I I rediscovered my love for horror, like genuinely. And um, I, I found this balance between like art house and deep, deep trauma and dread and 70s horror is huge for me. I I love um, early Polanski and honestly, Ingmar Bergman is one of the greatest horror directors in my mind. Um, 
And uh, yeah, we just, uh, honestly, like if you wanted to put us in two camps, I'm super art house. He's super classic horror. And honestly, we create kind of a, one filmmaker that that kind of can address both it's it's why we work well together because we bring such different uh aspects of the genre but it's still it's funny because we each still kind of dip our toe into the other's world right like while while i'm i'm i you know i love a splatter fest um art horror and and that more kind of art house like i also i'm a i'm a like i love reading i've i've just eaten books since I was a kid. And so I, I'm, I love like really strong story, strong character type stuff. And that's where we find a commonality there. And on the other end, Emily's really a child in the nineties and has such love for like schlock 90s horrors so he's he's hey like man, right it's, there with me i know what you did last summer scream like Urban i mean legend, let's get going yeah oh man i mean we're we're going to see the new scream tomorrow by the way so we are as well yeah, yeah so are we we're, are we're, you? Yeah. Yeah. we have yeah sitters for the kids so like we're, we're going with the wives we're going to do it right and awesome I'm we did Hell Halloween yes. kills just together john and i did a date night and the girls were like no for scream you're bringing us this time like, All right. <laughs> yeah because we actually went for the 2018 Halloween, we went to the drive-in. Yeah, yeah. And I was, actually, this is kind of funny. We've never talked about this on the podcast, I don't think. But I was determined to have a drive-in movie theater experience, and it was raining like a motherfucker outside. And It was I, pretty horrible. Everyone was sitting in the car, and I was sitting outside with, like, my arms crossed. Like <laughs> I was like, no, I don't care if it's raining. I'm just yeah. going to sit here. And, like, my wife rolls the window down, she's like, are you trying to prove a point? And I was like, I'm trying to enjoy myself. And she's like, this is simple. This just is not enjoyable for anybody. Like it's freezing and it's raining. Um, so I think that's why we were like, and you know I what? had the window cracked because I was like in the driver's seat and it was raining. So I had the window cracked and I kept wanting to talk to John throughout the movie. And I was yelling <laughs> the, the intent. Like he could barely hear me. And the wives were like, Jamie, you have to stop. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I want to talk to John. Like, I don't really want to talk to you guys about this. Yeah. <laughs> I just picture like down. Hey, John, what did you think of that kill? It was like that, but it was screaming because I was trying to talk over the rain and the noise. And yeah. that's commitment, guys. Like oh, yeah. that's that's a serious a, commitment. True horror fans. Yeah, that's so, one thing. I mean, the pandemic taking theaters away from us—that was hard. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of. I'm a pretty antisocial person as it is, so. When people were like, "Oh, you can't go see anybody," it was like awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah. but taking theaters away that was rough because we are. Yeah. Uh, that's that's our pastime. I mean, that's church for you know? sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also like for for people that have an introverted personality, it's a great way to hang out with someone and not have to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like so I just saw you last month. We were together for ninety minutes, ninety-seven <laughs> yeah. minutes, because we got popcorn in advance. Yeah. Right. I will say the one added bonus is we have this drive-in theater that's like 25 minutes from us. And because no movies were being released, they were just showing like classic horror movies. And John and I got to see the thing at the drive-in. It was, it was pretty amazing. That oh, yeah, aspect they double featured the thing and Christine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we rolled up with a six pack of beer and we just sat there and watched like, honestly. And Goonies was on the other screen that I was watching both. Yeah. And we yeah. kept looking over. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like heaven. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, pretty much was. Well, 
Well, and honestly, we were we were really fortunate because I think the last thing we saw in cinemas before lockdown was uh, Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. I think that mm. was the last thing we yeah, saw. I think so. Yeah, that had and like then just come out. I remember. Yeah like literally came in like right before everything shut down yep. then the pandemic um and then honestly we we lucked out so much in making alone with you because we shot it during 2020 during the lockdown but by the time it was hitting festivals we got to go and we got to you know it was it was covid protocols but we premiered at fantastic fest and it was really touch and go for a while honestly a lot of people were like oh, i don't know they might cancel any day and they yeah. didn't and we got to go to like the Mecca Alamo draft house in Austin, like the, the OG Alamo. And uh, we got to premiere our first feature there. Like we, we hit this bubble, you know, kind of between variants of this thing. And we luckily, everybody, we all fooled ourselves into saying like, like, it's over. We've done it. We've gotten (laughs) through it. And we, we got to have that. Thankfully we had that moment where we actually got to show our film in theaters because I and feel the audience with us. And so many of our so... friends have set, have before that now since are being uh, relegated to, to digital releases. And, and now yeah. that Sundance is going um, digital only and, and it breaks my heart. Cause like, I know I mean, we're so spoiled. The we funny so thing lucky. is, you know, coming from a music background, the only thing that gets, as close to playing on stage is, is getting to see your movie with an audience like that. That's I've always wondered, like, what am I ever going to feel that fucking awesome again? You know, when, when I used to play um, to, to audiences and, and the first time we got to see our movie up on, on the big screen, it was right. I, it was right back there. It's the same feeling. It's the same buzz. It's just like, thrilling and it breaks my heart that some of these people with these films they've labored over for years are are being uh, that are that's stolen from them that's it's like even a film like i know before us um the film censor had come through sundance yeah prano bailey bond and it's playing sundance for god's sake and you can't go see that with an audience that i just watched that movie so good yeah yeah she she's an incredible filmmaker and luckily she got to show it at sieges and be there um in 2021 but she um yeah it's such a gift it's such a gift to see like going to see movies obviously that's our that's what we all love to do but man i can't tell you what it's like showing a feature film our first feature film with you know a pretty packed audience in a massive theater at a huge festival. And honestly, we were just like, I was like, I'm going to run. You need to make me not run out of that theater. Cause we were terrified. Oh, it's so scary. Just scared <laughs> out of our minds. And it's, it, it was just the most, you know, I'm a theater actor. I'm used to like go out, you know, tech and then opening night and like play in the West end. I've what, but like, it's nothing compared to this. Cause you can't change anything uh, like live performance. You can change, you know, you can alter a performance. You can read an audience. I was going to say, yeah, you, like you can read the audience and be like, all right, I'm going to modify oh, yeah. a little bit. No, that yeah. didn't land. If I deliver it this way, maybe it will. Whereas this, it was like, all right, well, I did that nine months ago. So it's <laughs> well, fucking this is, there. Yeah, that, that's the trick is you, that's where you realize did any of this fucking work, you know, because it's, it's not until you, you feel that, that audience and you, you hear them respond, you hear them laugh when you hope to God, they were going to laugh. You hear them jump when you hoped that you could get them to jump, you know, Mm. 
I can tell you the first, like, honestly, one of my favorite characters in this film is in, in, in our film is um, our character, Thea played by, by Dora Madison. And one of the reasons she will always be super special to me is because her character, I think is the first time as filmmakers, we realized we had an audience there with us because the yeah. minute they start laughing at Thea's character, we're like, oh, thank God. They're, they <laughs> like, and she was great. Yeah. yeah, she was great. Well, and every time, like we we went to Salem Horror Fantastic Fest, Telluride Scream Fest, and every time, and we were at every screening, if only to make sure the audio and the visuals were working. Um, but we would always wait to hear Dora come on. And then like, yo, you know, her first scene on the phone with Charlie uh, without fail, the audience just started laughing and we were like, we can go get a cup of coffee now. You know? <laughs> we can relax. We can we can exhale. I'm so happy yeah. that you guys got to experience that little pocket of uh, togetherness that you guys got to experience that in that uh, environment. That's amazing. Yeah, because I feel like June 1st, we were like, all right, we did this. Yeah, I we're think good. we all kind of yeah. like pre-Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah. we were all like, we got it fist bumping everybody. Yeah. Like, we're good yeah. to go. Yeah. 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 yeah, we had that little window and, you know, we're lucky for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. We have some more uh, festival-oriented <laughs> questions, but before we get into some more of the uh, Alone With You stuff, can we talk about another project that you worked on? I think, Emily, you mentioned it since we've been rolling here, but uh, you, you had another production that was also done in 2020, right? Bed, uh, short film? Yeah, Bed. Um, we actually shot two shorts before shooting Alone With You, so... Um, Justin and I took turns, basically. He wrote and directed a short called Pains, and I wrote and directed a short called Bed, uh, which Gary Mills uh, was a producer on. And um, it, it honestly, it shows how different we are as filmmakers. And um, yeah, they're both hitting altar. Bed will hit, hit altar uh, in February, so next month. And then Pains will be on altar in March. Oh, so, nice. Um, awesome. Yeah, but Bed... Uh, yeah, I mean that those were two very different projects that you know helped us kind of prepare for alone with you. But, yeah, um, it, it is funny. You can really see if you want a good, clear vision of of how different we are separately as directors. I think those two films uh, say it pretty pretty loudly. I mean, they're they're two very different types of horror. They're two very different shot films. I mean. Um, they're they're like in in the only way that Emily, of course, starred in both of them because that's that's the actor we had access to. Um, but yeah, two very different movies. Justin, do you do you do any acting ever or no? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like no, 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 strictly behind the camera. You know, he was the shadowy man in bed. I, oh. I so I was in bed and I am in alone with you. Not in a capacity that you're gonna know who I am, but uh, in a similar capacity as yeah. that, actually, pretty yeah. unrecognizable. I was gonna say, yeah. is it does it involve, does a, it involve a, a white sheet? sheet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin will only it's in his writer, green MMs, and he will only act under a sheet. <laughs> green M&Ms. just under the sheet eating MMs. Well, he's, he's a very, very demanding talent to work with. You're, you're, yeah. a, you're a fit, handsome dude, man. Get in front of the camera. Yeah. We, we don't need I a keep sheet. Him. Yeah. Show the world that handsome mug. 
I'm behind that camera for a reason. I don't. I, I have no interest in being in front of the lens. But uh, he will star in our next film if I have anything yeah, to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is fun. It was it's fun to now go back and look at um to look at the two films. I mean, Bed is this really. I mean, Bed is a, a, this beautiful art film. Emily directed a a really thoughtful, um, really deep deep film when it comes to to this meditation on trauma uh that i think you know you see the pieces that we each bring to 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 our films and and i think both of us the one thing both of us have very much in common is um is we visually want to tell the same story we are in our script so she's she's very in tune with how she wants the film to be seen, the color, the palettes, the the way, the kind of the 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 uh, visual language of the film, and and I'm the same. Obviously, being a DP uh, for many many years, like visuals are such so important to me. But um, <clears throat> that's kind of a common ground we have for sure when it comes to our our films separately. Uh, Bed is, mm-hmm. I mean if I do say so myself, because I shot it, but it's it was her project and, and her, um, I mean, th- these are her shots really, but it's a beautiful, quiet film that's just fucking, you know, it, it's traumatizing once you realize what this movie's about. Um, yeah. Thank you. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've noticed that your films can be traumatizing, Emily. Um, Lover was very... Um, yeah, you know, very serious. Yeah, effective, yeah. Uh, affecting, and alone with you. Whew. Yeah. I texted John immediately, and I was like, "Oh God, I need to like walk outside for a little bit." Very emotive. Good. Yeah, because yeah. we needed to do the same after making it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I I really appreciate you saying that because I I mean <clears throat> honestly that's those are the stories that really get under my skin, and <clears throat> you know I've I've only directed shorts so far solo. Um, and so had Justin before we yeah. worked on alone with you, but honestly, I realized, um, my, my shorts don't lend themselves to feature, uh, concepts. It's not like you, it's not like that. that's a proof of concept lovers or a bed. Yeah. They can't sustain a feature. They're not meant to be features almost like Flannery O'Connor and Raymond Carver. They are shorts. They're yeah. shorts for a reason. Yeah. Um, I would say Justin's shorts, lend themselves to greater stories and greater a greater ability to extend them and alone with you actually came from one of his shorts um a short called a closed door uh very different from the film that you guys saw originally it starred a male character um very different visual style but you know after we shot bed and pains we were like you know what here's a crazy idea. Let's make a feature. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, ideas take time to, you know, age like a fine wine. And like, you need sure. to, you need ideas to live and breathe and be alone and come back to them and see how they've yeah. grown. And honestly, we just, all the parks in New York were closed. We walked around a graveyard that was open and we'd walk and walk and walk around tombstones and talk about this short. And we were like, you know what? I think we can make that into a feature. We flip it to a girl and we create this character and the script changed entirely, but that's how Charlie was born. And it's, it's, 
I've never made any short or long film, no, so yeah. I'm speaking not as a person that's ever driven the car we're talking about, but <laughs> as a person that's done creative things in life, I guess, um, I will say it's interesting to see that concept unfold, Emily, that you just referenced of you come back and the idea has changed, right? Like you create it, it sits there in a pocket for a minute and you return to it and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that this plant grew. But yeah, in the reality, yeah, I, the reality is like you're the one that grew and your perspective on that is like, oh, my God, you know what? If I just if I added these spices, it would taste way better. And I've learned this now and I know this now. Um, and Justin, as a musician, like I'm sure you've experienced that like four million times in that sphere as well. Um, but it's really it's exciting to feel that uh, to feel that moment occur where you, where you return to something. And you're like, oh, my God. I had something yeah, here. And I, I mean, there, there's an old saying that writing is rewriting, you know, like the, I think as, as a screenwriter, one of the first things that you need to get over is your first draft. And the way a lot of people talk about that is you need to realize that um, every writer is terrible when they start. Every writer <laughs> is a bad writer. Yeah. Writing is is in the rewriting, you know, it's it's in going back and reconsidering and re, you know, reconfiguring and, and Emily and I are both the types of writers that we rewrite constantly as we're going. So by the time we've actually finished a script, hmm. each of those scenes has probably changed 10 times over, because it's always back to the top, all the way down, you know, finish a new scene back to the top, you know, it's a it's a typewriter almost, but uh, mm. yeah, it's, it's, <clears throat> you need to let things really, like she said, you need to let things sit, ruminate. You need to, to let it bounce around your head for a while to see what it, it possibly could be. And when, when it comes to my short film, A Closed Door, that was, uh, we farmed little, little pieces of, of that short, but it's a very different story than the one we told in alone with you. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's some very key concepts, obviously that of being the setup of being locked within a single space. Um, and then kind of playing with, with that space in a similar way we did with alone with you, but that's about the only similarity. We, we wanted it to be born from, from both of us. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the, I, obviously the first thing her and I really connect to is character. And so that's what gave us an opportunity to find a common ground. We started with a character. We started with who is this person? Why do we want to tell this story through them? And that's, that's what kind of gave birth to a, an entirely different film from the short that I had originally written um, alone with you. Yeah, that's awesome. So before we dive into a deeper discussion on Alone With You, I wanted to get a little background on you, Justin. So <clears throat> we had Emily on episode four. She told us a little bit about her upbringing with her grandma who introduced her to horror. Uh, give us a little background on you, like where you grew up, how you got into horror. Um, I know you have a sister who's into horror as well. Yeah, so I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up outside a town called Cooperstown. It's known for being the baseball hall of fame. Yeah. So this place is just baseball 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 Everything are you a baseball fan baseball. by chance i'm just I wondering <laughs> baseball all right <laughs> i tried to get so i lived in boston for 13 years oh don't and don't say what you're gonna say don't i do went it. to boston, i lived in boston for 13 years and 
And I knew right before I moved to New York, I had to at least go to one Red Sox game because I had never gone to a Red Sox game. And I realized really quickly that if I became a baseball fan, which I would not, I would become an, a terrible drunk because it is so fucking boring. All I was doing was drinking beer after beer after beer. I can tell you, I own now a ton of Red Sox shit because I got hammered and started buying everything they had. Well, listen, it's, why do you have a foam finger? Jamie and I are, uh, we drink beer. And I, the reason I ask is I lived in New York from, uh, 98 to 2000 and, um, not to bring this to a depressing note and I haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but my mom was sick. Uh, she was at Sloan Kettering hospital in New York. So like my, my salvation at that age was going to Yankee games. So like I'm a yeah. huge Yankee fan. Um, so I'm going to bring this full circle and say, we're going to come visit you at your place in New York. We're going to have a huge bonfire with all your Red Sox shit. We're just going to burn it <laughs> and we're going to drink a lot of beer. And it's going to be great. <laughs> Cause oh, you yeah, hate baseball yeah, not, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> not not a baseball guy. I love hockey though. I do love hockey mm, and I love the Boston Bruins. Like I that is that is a, about the only sport I'm really uh I really have any good time with. But uh yeah, so I grew up in I grew up in around Cooperstown. Um and but my father has always been a huge fan of horror. He's uh uh he's a writer himself. He's he's been published in a couple of collections. He's he's never written a novel, not yet, but uh, uh, he's just always loved horror. So that's that's been a part of my life as long as I can remember. Remember honestly, like there used to be a really small uh, VHS rental place in Cooperstown where you had to actually rent the 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 tape player along with the VHS because nobody owned one at the time. So we would. Do you come remember home. what it was called? I can't remember what the shop was called. It's it probably was, someone's name. It, like, yeah, really. I mean, I'm sure it yeah. was like Max's, you know, yeah. video store. Yeah. It was so small. And I remember, I remember it because it was the main little area it was this little room that maybe two people could fit in. That was the main horror. And then if you went around the cash register in the creepy little corner was all the horror. <laughs> that was all the, that was all the cover the box art that was awesome to look at. So yep. I would always creep over there and try to pull out. I mean, honestly, so many of my favorite horror film fan horror films probably come from just the fact that I loved the cover yeah, art. You, like, I thought sure it looked, cool. yeah. you know, and so dad would rent the VHS player and a stack of, of tapes and bring them home. And uh, I would get through maybe a movie, a movie and a half before my mother came home and told him I wasn't allowed to be in there and watch that stuff. <laughs> At which point, luckily, my house is built in a way that the living room has two doors, one of which is in the hallway and looks directly onto the television. And if you sit in the hallway, you can still watch the TV and your mom won't know that you're actually there. <laughs> So that's usually how I'd have to experience most of these horror movies is I'd walk down the hallway, hide, be really quiet and just continue watching, you know, trauma films or. So for younger listeners, that's the trick. Uh, Find that, find that hidden elbow in your house. Um, But as my, 
uh, a good friend of both of ours and, and patron on our Patreon, uh, Andrew Zeider, he lives in Brooklyn. Um, and he texted me today, oddly enough, about a place he was called Video Visions. Are you familiar with that place? It's in New York. Is that in, in Brooklyn? I think so. I mean, that's where he I lives. Think I, mean, I know. I think I know the place he's talking about. So, I feel like I know the name, Andrew. <clears throat> he Is said, he a DP? Oh, yeah. Video Visions. He, yeah, he, that's in Manhattan. So he, uh, actually, oddly enough, uh, Emily, he texted me after the episode we did with you, and he's a photographer. And he said, I, I know him. I waited tables with that guy in Chicago. Yes, in Chicago. <laughs> I think he said he did a photo shoot for you one time, too. Um, he was like, I, I know that person. I've worked with her in some capacity. Oh, that's amazing. In the past. Yeah, yeah. What a small world. Oh, that's my God. So yeah. And then, oh, hi, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to this full circle conversation, too. He was texting me. He was at that video visions place today, and he was uh, sending me um, screenshots of uh, Chud and of Evil Dead. Oh, and my of God. How, yeah. yeah. Of all this, like, really, oh these badass, like, uh, original VHSs. So that's super rad. Get me in there. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, yeah, I have yeah. to say, um, I've seen his work as a DP as well, and he's very talented. So, oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a real deal. He's got a, a bright, a bright future, and he's done a lot of fun projects too. And he's a avid horror lover. And, um, I just don't have enough positive things to say about his, uh, life perspective because he's a nice guy. Yeah. So, cool. Emily, question for you Would you say it's difficult? or comforting um, working in front of the camera in front of Justin versus, uh, you know, working in front of someone that you don't know? Good question. <laughs> oh, is it comforting? What's the question? Comforting or Is it difficult? comforting or is it difficult? Um, or maybe versus it's both. Because I would find it to be weird. I'd be like, I can't do this with you watching. Well, it's like me going and being like, I need a proctology exam, Jamie. I know you're a proctologist, so can you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, we know each other too well. <laughs> That's what acting's like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> emotionally, anyway. Um, An emotional no. proctology exam. There you go, man. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I think, um, you know, honestly, it it kind of showed me uh, how much we really got each other as people because it didn't feel difficult. Hmm. Um, and great. I think in relationships, honestly, like when you're at the beginning of a relationship, which we were relatively new, we yeah. were like a year in a little bit more. Um, but honestly, like I, I've been, you know, past relationships you do, I don't know when you share your art with someone, you fully open up. Sometimes you can feel a snag. You're, you're like, Oh, I don't want to go that far. I don't want to share this yeah. with that. I can't do fully that with that. And it kind of shows you how much you, you actually trust someone in a way. And honestly going into this and we had made a couple shorts, a few shorts together before mm -hmm. um, it was easy. I mean, it's difficult to, the, the role was not easy. The process of making this film was not easy, but um, it honestly showed me pretty clearly. I mean, I haven't talked about this yet, even with you, but it, it showed me how much I just fully in my gut and soul trusted this guy. And I was like, this is phenomenal. And so honestly, like if that wasn't there, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to give the performance that, that I gave. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you find it harder to, because you were in a quarantine situation with like just you and Justin, did you find it harder than like working on like a normal set with like, you know, your DPs and your directors and like, was it almost more, more awkward? 
Uh, it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> we don't recommend living on your set sure. full time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it honestly, it was super surreal. Cause I talked to you guys in January, 2020 before lockdown and we went into lockdown and Justin's, I had moved into Justin's apartment, which is the apartment in alone with you, but that apartment imagine covered with horror paraphernalia just a life-size statue of predator a life-size statue of pumpkin head in the corner evil dead posters ip everywhere and and we so basically the coolest fucking apartment. i was gonna say yeah like the coolest place but like if we filmed in there we were gonna get sued yeah, so sure. we had to kind of um copyright we lawsuits everywhere Oh my God, just like universal, like uh, every yeah. studio just being like cease and desist this film. <laughs> um, but we, so we, you know, we went to work and we were just like, okay, we got to transform because it's not really Charlie's apartment. It's Simone's apartment that Charlie has moved into. Right. Yeah. She's preparing. So we really had to, you know, kind of cast the apartment. We had to change it completely and, and figure out the textures that are, that, that is Simone and the pieces of Charlie that exist in this kind of ecosystem. So in a way we moved apartments without moving apartments. We had to transform the entire place and we felt like we were living in someone else's apartment Mm. the whole time we were shooting. I actually was thinking this is what you just said is very profound and intellectual and what I'm going oh. to say right now is neither of those things. So well. let me just set the record <laughs> before I say what I'm going to say. <laughs> However, um, the shot from underneath the bed, uh-huh. which is a great yeah. shot. I absolutely love. I oh, was thinking yeah. as that was happening, I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't think of the last time I like vacuumed under my bed <laughs> or, or did some sort of like home maintenance underneath my bed. Like it's clean under there. However, my cat goes under there, and if I put a camera under there and had a shot, uh, luckily your cat doesn't have hair. Um, right. Yeah. But we don't I, have a fur problem, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just true. was like will, thinking well, of I the will, idea of like clean. You probably had to do so much cleaning like every single day to make sure everything was pristine. <laughs> well, I will say though, because we we shot Pains, his short film, then Bed, my short film, and there's a shot in Bed where we had to actually like lift the bed higher so I could lay under it for a shot, like the bird's eye view over the bed that kind of reveals Madeline, my character in that short film, but we had cleaned out from under the bed. And luckily that was done already. Nice. Um, that was like a full day of work though. So luckily that yeah. was done. I had lived in that apartment for almost 10 years. It so was there's disgusting. like 10 years of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Single male bullshit in there. If yeah. I, if I can't see it, it's not dirty. Oh, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's what was so profound for me as a spectator, knowing that this was filmed in quarantine. Uh, so yeah, uh, Justin, yeah, I found a pair of your Freddy Krueger boxers under the bed here. <laughs> um, all right, well, all this is like this insight is so um, it's humbling and it's sweet, and I love this. And your description of working with Justin, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Emily, I feel like I love him too. So yeah. Based Makes off sense. like the way you've described him and talking to him, like I, you know, I, it, it does make sense. Yeah. So, um, hey but- man, I don't blame him. I love him too. <laughs> He's a great guy. I don't like the dude. <laughs> but yeah, let's do it. Let's do a deep dive into alone with you. We'll do a spoiler free discussion here. Um, but before we do that, do you guys want to plug anything? Where can people find you on social media? Any projects upcoming past projects? Uh, where does that reside? Whatever you want the public to know. 
Yeah, um, I'm on social media pretty much always uh, Emily R. Bennett, uh, two N's and two T's, Emily R. Bennett. And then uh, my website, Emily, uh, www.emilyreneebennett.com. It's got uh, Lovers, my short film chat room, Smile for Me, and then Bed, the trailer is on there, but that that will come once it hits Alter in February. Um, and then we we have a couple of uh, mutual projects. And then I have a couple of solo features that are in the works. Um, I can't quite talk about those just yet, but, uh, hopefully you'll get more from, from me and us very soon in the future world. Yeah. And you can find me, I'm pretty much across the board on social as Jay Brooks film. And then, uh, websites, jbrooksfilm.com where I keep pretty up to date on what we've got going on, what I've got going on. Uh, Again, we both have uh, shorts coming out on the Alter channel on YouTube. Um, mm. uh, f- on what is it, February for you? Yeah, I think February, I'm February March. 10th, and then he's March 29th. So the two short films we've been talking about, Bed hits Alter February, I believe, 10th, and then March 29th, Pains will be on there. So it's awesome. exciting. Yeah, and we'll be sure to plug that um, on social so people can find it. Keep up with us. Follow Emily, follow Justin. And keep in the know because uh, before you know it, this new movie is going to be out, and you're going to be you're going to be wanting to see it. Um, but let's let's talk about uh, alone with you for a little bit. So, Emily, Jamie mentioned this. Your performance in this movie is really it's stunning. It's emotive. Your character has this slow descent into madness, which was this concept that we talked about <laughs> on episode four with you, which is. Really, really impressive. You go through realization and and the way you kind of like physically use your body to express because uh, it's it's pretty much you know there are ancillary characters, but it's just it's just you, um, and it's really really well delivered. Um, oh my god, it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's honestly unbelievable. Yeah, and I I had that moment where I was down here and I was like, when I really want to watch a movie, I'll turn I'll turn off my phone and I'll set it over here. And I'll make a bowl of popcorn and I'll pour a whiskey and like I'll watch a movie. Like I'll do that down here in my space. Uh, yeah, if John's eating popcorn, song. you know it's an important movie. Yeah, if I'm eating popcorn, <laughs> it's a, I probably yeah. have like two bags of popcorn a month, maybe. <laughs> um, so I watched like two important movies. So this was definitely my one of my February movies. Guys, thank you so much. No, I mean it, it was it was incredible. But so I I always think of the uh, the Jack Torrance uh, prepping up for the the axe wielding scene uh, with Jack Nicholson (laughs) shaking it out. Uh, Yeah. So for, from a preparation standpoint, I don't know, is it for you? I'm sure it's different for everybody, but is it, you flip on a switch, you flip off switch or like, does it take time to like ramp up to a scene and come down from one or like how, how, how was that? It, it varies because luckily we shot this relatively in chronological order, not always, but we tried to do that for continuity of space, uh, continuity in general, but also continuity of emotion and kind of delivery um, of Charlie and her descent. We wanted that to feel very organic. Um, and because I was wearing so many hats along with Justin, you know, I, I was RAD in the morning, I would get into hair and makeup, I would help him set up, and then we would start shooting. And I had to switch departments <laughs> and become an actor. And so honestly, a lot of that was done, I, I believe in intense preparation. I have a huge uh, playlist on Spotify, uh, Love Songs with Simone. I, I have our history in my heart and my head, and I created 
you know, not only the backstory that we talked about, but the private backstory that every actor needs mm. to know is a secret for themselves. Cause you have to keep secrets as an actor only for you. Um, so, you know, there, there are some things that I'll never say or talk about with Charlie, just because that, that helps you feel full and whole as an actor. So a lot of that preparation went into the relationships in the film for me, because if you, if you told me to star in a film and like, it, it's just me and I've got nothing and I've got a shoulder of film on my back, I'd be like, no. Um, <laughs> but it, the reason it didn't feel like that is because I had such strong relationships that we had created on the page and strong relationships that we created in rehearsal over Zoom um, or in person with Emma Miles. Um, I honestly fooled myself as an actor to to believe that any of these people could show up at any time that those relationships are active and Simone is coming Simone loves me Thea could come anytime and help me my mom is a, you know a part of my past but she's got, like I had to I had to deceive myself um as an actor to to kind of get through that and then as we moved deeper into the production Honestly, I started losing it. <laughs> mm. uh, Emily, like, I think we both did. Yeah, um, yeah. Justin behind the camera and me in front of the camera, because the cinematography is as emotional as my performance. It's it's the same. It's a dance. And honestly, towards the end, we both broke down, guys. Like, we, I had a day where I just lost it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And he picked me up and, you know, we sat and had, you know, some sparkling water or whatever kind bar we had lying around. Um, and he, he would be like, you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm okay. And then same thing would happen with him and we would support each other. But honestly, near the end, we had been shooting for so long with so little time off that I was just like, fuck it, just roll. And I didn't even try to break character. I was just like, I'm in this. I'm not going to try and meditate. I'm not going to take a bubble bath at the end of the day. I am in this. I am Charlie. And this is a limited amount of my life, but I'm leaving this on screen. And how, so. How, first off, that is like uh, not the answer I expected. And that is. Also, it's incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's really an impressive. And How many days of standard. shooting did you guys do? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, that. I, what was it in total? About a month. About forty-five. Month and a half days. So. Yeah. It, and how I, continuous? I the thing that blew me away, honestly, with Emily's performance, and and I, I don't, you know, we've we say this time and time again. Oftentimes, people just, I don't think they believe us because uh, we were the only two people on set. There's no crew. No crew. There's no nobody else is there with us supporting in any way. Um, the the audio is being held by a clamp zip tied to the ceiling there's like lights are we're hanging like yeah. everything is us so I, I am doing the slate before yeah, i so, act and that's the that's the thing is emily had to be there as a director with me before every scene so i couldn't offer her a lot of space as an actor and and i think you know, there's there's all these people kid around about like actors and their trailers and and actors, you know, walking off to be alone and whatnot. But I mean, honestly, that is so it's so important to give them that space to, to I mean, you're literally asking somebody to to metamorphose and like to change into another person entirely. Yeah. Um, and and to embody this this other 
this this other you know and and I want to give my actors space to be able to do that. I need them to be able to to have time with themselves and to go through that. And sadly, we just weren't able to offer that um, with Emily, but but she is just <clears throat> so studied and and so in tune with her process and honestly so prepared that she would go from talking to me very, very blankly about like, here's the blocking, let's do this, we'll move the light here, I'm going to push in on camera with you. Now, okay, here's a slate, go and clap it, she'd get in front of the camera and then just break down and turn into this entirely different character. And that was never lost on me. I mean, that's fucking, that's magic as far as I'm concerned. And, and I just think it's a, it's just what it was one of the most impressive things to watch behind the camera for sure. And, and I'm, I'm a very empathetic director. So it's like, there's, there's, I, I feel everything I see through that monitor and through that lens and, and she's just, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's helpful to work with such a fucking professional for sure. Well, ditto. I was going to say, you guys are both professionals as all get out because like this movie doesn't feel like two people made it. You know what I mean? Like this Not at all. feels uh, big. It feels um, every bit Jamie, as intimate. And, Cause I watched it before you did. And, yeah. And he texted me. He was like, what'd you think? And I said, honestly, like I feel like I could have stumbled across this on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And not we're on Amazon and just been like, whoa, what did I discover? Yeah, exactly. So because I've, I've watched movies on Netflix and Amazon that aren't even close to this good. And I hope that's not like a deflating thing to hear because we mean that to be like a a thing of like, this feels like, yeah, we mean that in the best way possible. 300 people are involved in making this movie. (laughs) Oh no, we honestly, we take it that way. And I, I just have to jump in after that lovely praise that Justin just hurled at me. Um, I honestly, that, the production value, it, it, a certain level has to be there to reach an audience, uh, unless it, it depends on what kind of film you're doing and sure. each story tells you how to film it, I think. But Justin is such an artist and a consummate professional and a, a just a, a master cinematographer. But he he just, he understood the level that we needed to reach with this. And, and co-directing with him is just a pleasure because he's got such a command of the frame and the camera and the movement. And it, it again, it is as emotional, his performance as the cinematographer, yeah. as what I gave. He was there with me the entire time. And honestly, I have to really give it up to not only our editor, Ward Crockett, who like co-edited with Justin, yeah. but um, also our, our sound designer, Sean Duffy. Like Absolutely. sound is half of horror. Sure. And without no, this, yeah. if not more. And, and the score by Phil Mossman, who is a gorgeous human being, mixed with Sean Duffy's brilliant design, like it just elevates it to a point where we were even like, holy shit yeah we 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 made a film like we didn't (laughs) make you know like a little movie we were just like holy shit this feels so much bigger than we thought and we had never met we still haven't met shot in person i mean that that, i first of all that's for you to say that is so that's that warms my heart because that was honestly the fear the fear going through this like we did. I mean, this is guerrilla filmmaking, you know, mm. 
this is uh this is indie at its most indie and i um it, it's always been important to me to 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 always fight above my weight you know and and i i think for both of us like we don't want to appear scrappy like that's not the the if you're looking at the film and you're like and you're like man what scrappy filmmakers then we didn't make the film we meant to make we we had a story to tell we wanted to get people lost in that story mm-hmm. and if i was if i was allowing people to fall out of this story by showing you the seams then then i've i've failed at my job you know and and yeah. we we wanted you know there's there's ways to make a covid movie you know if 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 your if your hands are tied behind your back through through the pandemic there's ways to kind of skirt around having to do i guess you know for lack of a better phrase the, the cinematic route you know um and i think right out the gate we were like listen we we can make something found footage you know we both love found footage films love like there's no footage. knock As on that we. like, massive we're, we're such fans of it but um <clears throat> but we we had to ask ourselves what kind of what kind of film can we do that that maybe other people don't have the opportunity to make mm. and being that that i've i've worked for i'm 15 some odd years as a cinematographer now i've we have um, you know, a good collection of, of, uh, gear, um, at the house. And then just, we, we had the, the, we put all our cards on the table, saw what we had and, and tried to work, uh, with something different, something, something we thought maybe not everybody has the opportunity to make. And, and so to make a film that didn't feel like a COVID movie, a film that could live a little longer you know, we didn't want to remind people of that time, Yeah. Uh, you know, where we all had to wear masks and elbow bump our friends and shit. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to tell a story that lasted longer than the time we spent. And, so, I feel like you, um, you did it. You yeah. guys did it. Um, and I was, ga- I was actually going to ask that question about like sourcing uh, equipment. So most of it was on hand or was it hard to like get additional stuff or like, were you, was a, everyone like... Was a- uh, fighting over the last lens at the rental shop like no that's my fucking sepia lens i need that <laughs> quite the uh, opposite actually i mean we 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 shot in a time in new york where nobody was doing anything i mean everybody no. was locked out of being able to do anything so well and I, i'll say i negotiated our sag contracts because i'm a sag actor as is barbara crampton dora madison emma miles SAG contracts had to be negotiated. So I was the producer to step on board as a SAG member. I have a little bit more sway and we were, we, we had COVID protocols. We had testing. We, we helped them create some of their first COVID protocols in New York city at the New York SAG office. Um, And we were one of two features to be greenlit in the summer of 2020. So so on the acting side, no one knew what they were doing. No one was doing anything. Everybody was, was locked up and, I mean, it, it gave, so a lot of the gear was mine. I mean, it was my, what I, what I work with on a daily basis. And then whatever we needed to supplement, we went to a a rental house. And luckily the fact that nobody was asking for it made it a lot more reasonable for, uh, for an indie budget to get a hold of, 
some of the stuff we needed. So so everyone arguing over the last carton of eggs, like I had in my head as I was watching this, didn't happen. No, it, it was it was quite quite the opposite. I mean, it was a it was a huge room full of gear that nobody <laughs> had any use for. You know, so I I honestly had my uh, my rental house literally said. I don't know, give me a number and we'll see if we can just give it for you, to you for that, you know? So I think they, they were looking for anything and any, uh, anybody to get a hold of that stuff. At the Please time. use our equipment. All right. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask this question. Um, as this was done in a very, uh, uh, you know, small snow globe in terms of, of production, how do one of you know, Barbara Crampton, how did you find, a relationship with Barbara Crampton. We did not. Justin knew her from growing up, growing up watching her films, yeah. and I knew her from honestly her newer work and thing uh, films like Your Next and uh, Channel Zero. She was in a brilliant yeah. season of that show. I love that show so much. Me too. Um, but I, honestly, we no, are we, huge. Bar- like, in fact, I shared Justin. I think your story or Emily on your or yours on Instagram, uh, yeah. and I. I tagged Barbara Crampton in it because why wouldn't I? And then she shared yeah. it. And then I ran up. To, I literally was like jumping up and down to my wife. And she's like, who's Barbara Crampton? And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I know, man. I like having grown up with Reanimator and From Beyond. Dude, yeah. and, like, I mean, like, Barbara. It, so we we actually. Um, we did not know her. We didn't know her. Uh, we didn't know her personally. Obviously, I had grown up being such a fan my uh my father was such a huge fan emily knew her from her newer work and uh we had actually so we had had a um uh a casting uh producer attached to uh our film that we were going to be doing before the pandemic hit yeah and uh he he was so gracious to actually sign on to this. He was, he was like, yeah, I love the idea. I want, um, you know, let me help you out. And he started mm-hmm. feeding us some names and, and he honestly, he, he said, yeah. And, and uh, how, w- what would you think of Barbara Crampton? I didn't think in a million years. I was like, yeah, yeah, go make that it fucking like, happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, You're like, sounds great, David. That, that would yeah. be. Uh, sure. Yeah. And we'll I'll, I'll also it. take like, you know, yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take all the hits, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it turns out she, um she read the script and she just, uh just, I mean, it, it, it warmed our hearts that she just loved it. She loved the, the relationship. She really loved the character. She was really thoughtful in responding to the character. And um, when David hit us up and said, Hey, will you guys take a call with Barbara Crampton? I mean, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't like fucking jumping off the wall. Oh yeah, Justin, God, yeah. Justin was losing his mind. And I was like, you know, we are directors. Yeah, right? we I, gotta, that's the thing. Is we we gotta talk to, to her. I had to talk myself down and be like, no, we are working She's like, with this uh, We have to have an air of professionalism here. I'm, I'm yeah. totally on board. I love the script, but sir, why are you wearing a tuxedo right now? On this <laughs> call? Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh my god I mean, well, and i will say she she just gave us the greatest compliment of saying i said she said i signed on to this project because i love 
the scene between Charlie and the mom, the first one, yeah. she was like, you, you didn't, you guys didn't write the mom as, as this Uber villain, you know, she, she's nuanced and, and their relationship is realistic and yep. it's more heartbreaking that way. Yeah. And it, it, she was just such a pleasure to work with. She was so generous with her time rehearsed with us. We mailed her a GoPro camera. She oh set God. it all up. I mean, we, we shot with her remotely via Zoom, capturing her performance, and then mine much later. Um, have you guys met dream. her yet? Yes, yeah, we actually finally got to have uh, have lunch and drinks with her and, and sit down. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful. And it's nice. It's funny. Like, I say, like, Barbara, I mean, obviously, she was larger than life for me for so long. And then yeah. the minute you start talking with her, she just takes all the armor down. Like she's such a sweetheart and just a, a wonderful woman to talk to. And it's just so easy to talk to. And, and I mean, she yeah. loves this too. Like she loves horror. Yeah. She loves our community. She loves doing this. And, uh, mm. and it's just immediately you're just talking to a friend and she's uh, yeah, she's just become such a good friend. Oh, that's uh, amazing. And, and that's yeah, so and cool. she's such a and supporter. Well, she's such a supporter for indie filmmakers yeah, as well. She like is, she yeah. has promoted the hell out of us and this film. And honestly, <laughs> I have to say, as a woman, she is so supportive of women in film and women yeah. in horror and the new emerging voices coming out um, in in the in the genre right now, which is so exciting. So, Barbara, we love you. Yeah. And what I love about Barbara is her, the way she embraces horror, because a lot of uh, actors, you know, horror is a stepping stone to bigger and better things um, in a lot of their minds. And Barbara has, she's experienced a resurgence in the last few years and she's totally embraced it. And I know that um, I listen to a podcast with Rebecca McKendry, uh, who has a new film coming out and Barbara's a producer for that. So like she loves, mm. like you said, she loves the indie films and she loves uh, being a part of them. She loves genre. I mean, that's yeah. she's just yeah. she really enjoys the the space that she's in. I think it's it's very clear the minute you start talking to her. I mean, she'll she'll talk the history of horror just as well as anybody. She yeah. she knows what she's talking about. She's a strong voice in the genre, and um, and and now uh, with like Jacob's wife and and the films she's working, she's becoming a hell of a producer as well. Like she's, mm. she's here to, to lift up, uh, you know, voices in genre and, and she's just, yeah, she's, I couldn't ask for, I, I'll be working with, with Barbara as long as she allows it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I loved Jacob's wife as well. Um, and I found her scene to be so effective because you guys did a lot of storytelling in that, just that scene. Uh, I know it's, it's hard with, a single location film like like you guys did and it's hard to like tell the story sometimes but you guys did it just perfect like in that scene explained so fucking much like the backstory you didn't go too in depth but like we we get the backstory um and i i found that to be effective myself because like my parents are very religious mm -hmm. uh, they to this day they kind of oh horror podcast hmm uh, i uh, remember you know, so your mom one day she uh like your I was over at your house and so was she and I think Rylan was sick and for whatever reason she like confided in in me of all fucking people in this but uh she was like no wonder he's sick all this evil in this house you see Jamie's office and I was like yeah I bought him most of that so yeah yeah <laughs> yep. 
Um, my uh, my grandmother is actually drip fed information of what I actually do for a living. <laughs> she's very she 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 loves her grandson, but she doesn't need to know all the things yeah. that he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's in your mind fun. you're in in her in her mind you're a stripper <laughs> yeah right it's like it's so funny well john that that uh story that you just told that that reminds me of the line we you know wrote for barbara like all those Satanist, Satanist things on the walls how did you guys go about getting the uh, other actors in the movie i know that you know these are actresses who have been in many things so well yeah. it started with emily's Friend. Well, Emma Miles um, is a dear friend of mine. She's actually going to be my maid of honor in oh, our awesome. wedding. Um, so Simone will be by my side when I get married. Um, and we were at her wedding. <laughs> and she was we in Orange is the New Black, right? Yeah, a massive yeah. character in Orange. Um, she's a brilliant actress. I actually met her um, about three years ago. I starred in an indie family dramedy called King of Knives. Um, yeah, I was yeah, one of the yeah, main yeah. characters and she played my cousin and she was only in for a few days. And I didn't actually, like I, her name sounded familiar and I met her, we were in hair and makeup together. And then we, you know, we were on our phone scrolling like, oh, I'll find you, oh, I'll find you. And I saw her and she was followed by like 350,000 people on Instagram. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, who, what? And um, she was like, oh yeah, I'm on Orange. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. And um, we spent the whole day just laughing. She improv this scene and she was like, I got to go to an Ani DeFranco concert tonight. And I was just like, this girl is my best friend. So um, <laughs> needless to say, ever since that film, we have become inseparable and I love her. And she was totally game for this. People know who she, she is, you know, from Orange. And uh, so she was kind of a no brainer to pull in. And we wanted every voice in the film to be female anyway. That was a massive reason, yeah. goal, yeah. Um, you know, which we don't, we should, probably shouldn't go too far into that yeah. uh, idea, but we did want all the voices to be female. Um, and then Dora Madison, you know, David, our casting director gave us different tapes for Thea. Um, and Dora just, she just stood out. She, she just, was, she was perfect. Yeah. And we got on the phone with her and she was um, at her parents' house in Texas. Um, and, you know, pandemic, like everybody kind of went to, to separate corners and stuff. And she was like, yeah, this is great. And she was totally game. And she, you know, we sent her a GoPro as well. We sent her the lights. We sent her a microphone. She filmed that in her father's barn. Oh my God. Like in the middle of nowhere in Texas. That's incredible. Um, we set up the lights and the music was added in post yeah. and, um, yeah, man, like this, this was, this is DIY. I love um, that. Yeah, really love that. Now she was in Bliss, right? And that movie was great. She was Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. fantastic. And VFW, yeah, so she's yeah. a big Yeah, VFW, girl. yeah, yeah, oh, I love dude. that movie. We talked about that movie on the podcast. We, uh, yeah, she, she she's does a dream. love Joe Bago said they're good buddies and, and she'll, uh, I think she was also in Dexter for a, a little. Mm. Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I just, by the way, finished the new season of Dexter today. And I'm feeling a little post wounded, post uh, post Dexter <laughs> oh, sad. I haven't, yeah. Not I'm not, like four episodes I'm in, not, so not for any reason other than that. It's easy, over. easy guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have like the post series depression. Like every time I finish <laughs> Harry Potter book seven, I've read them all like ninety six times. But whenever yeah. I finish it, I'm like, I'll never love again. Honestly, it it is. And then trying to find a new show is impossible. No, it's like fuck yeah. this. What's yeah. Stupid. What's that guy wearing? Stupid. Just look at his mouth. The way he talks. Like fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like you just hate everything. 
we uh we we watch pretty much like religiously we watch parks and rec in the office that's our like nighttime go to bed movie yeah that's but, a good one. but i'm yeah. not allowed to put on any of the last seasons because she doesn't want to it's, know that it ends it's, Wait, too, it's too sad of the office or either yeah. of those shows either so yeah. two funny stories two hilariously funny stories yeah. one connor mcnamara who's my best friend he lives in chicago he's was formerly roommates with Andrew, is marrying this really... Uh, I knew that name. He works with Gary. Um, okay. But oh, okay. His fiance, yeah, yeah. Um, Eliza Morris, has not... She loves The Office as much as we do. She also won't. But yeah. she hasn't even seen... I know. ...like the last three seasons. Her and I have gone to, like... We've been, like, both drunk, and I've been yelling at her, like, You have to! Like, once! <laughs> Robert California! And she's like, I won't! Um, so that, and then two, uh, back to the Harry Potter thing is I listen to the audiobooks one through six, like at least once a year. And I will not listen to book seven because I cannot have the hard, hard end. Like my hard yeah. end is book six and I can't, I can't do seven because like I'll listen to seven, maybe once every five years. And then really eat. Jamie's got to come do wellness checks and shit. Cause I'm like, no, like <laughs> I can't go to work. I can't. Yeah. Got to take my, pick my kids up from dance. I'm, I'm done. I'm checked in <laughs> too sad. What's funny about that is I just rewatched all the Harry Potters and oh, I did not watch the sevens. No, it's like can't. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Ugh. Save them, leave them in the ether so that I can. Anyway, yeah. back to alone with you. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, we're we're all broken people just looking for you know to be understood. I get it. New. Uh, we both get it. Welcome to the new episode of Harry Potter, dads. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we kind of talked about this a little bit, but just remind everyone where this will be distributed, uh, timelines when folks can find it and whatnot, and 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 where to look for updates. And you guys are having them. a limited theater release, right? Yeah, um, we'll have a limited theatrical run uh, February 4th, uh, so Friday, February 4th. Um, uh, two theaters in and around uh, the Los Angeles area. We're playing in Boston at the Coolidge um, and a couple more Midwestern cities and uh, TBD. We're pl- we should be playing in New York City, and I should be in attendance to yeah, do we're, a we're Q&A. Adding... So we'll announce that as soon as we get that information from our, our distro company. Yeah, we're adding cities uh, for the theatrical all the time. So we'll, once, yeah. once that's, uh, finalized, that'll be on all our socials and, uh, Dark and, we'll send it to you guys and too. all that. Um, and then yeah, VOD, uh, February 8th, mm-hmm. um, on all of the platforms, which is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so, so you can't miss it. And yeah. And then, then a DVD release later in February too. Yeah. DVD, uh, you're saying later in February. Yeah. We'll do a giveaway, um, of some films, whether, we do some vouchers for video on demand or some DVDs later. Um, we'll figure that out, but I want to spread the word for this as much as we can and get some copies into people's hands. But yeah, you guys, you nailed it. Um, it's, you know, it's emotional. It's, uh, claustrophobic as fuck. I watched it on my phone with my headphones in. So it was even more claustrophobic and I was like, like I couldn't breathe at times. Uh, (laughs) so it was just so good. You guys fucking nailed it. All right. Well, this was amazing. Thank you both so much for your time, for the early access to the film, and for just being good good friends and good stewards of the horror community. Uh, can't wait to see what's next. Uh, we'll keep our listener base apprised of uh, release dates and whatnot and, and make sure everyone has access to the info. But thank you both. Can't wait to see what you do next. It's only 
even further up from here and you guys are already at the pinnacle of the mountain. So, so thank you. Uh, thank you so thank much. Thank you guys so much. Bye guys.